did this ourselves. They're coming. It can't be. Where is everyone? Hello, survivors, and welcome back to the Apocalypse Postcast, a podcast. I am, of course, your host, Makeshift, and uh, sorry for the delay. The real world just gets hairy sometimes, and I can't get an episode out, but I'm back to do a little bit of a 2021 post-apocalypse review. Uh, so it's the end of the year, and a lot happened this year. I just kind of want to go through some things. I've got a very special guest joining me. His name is Marky Makeup. He'll be on very shortly. But before we get into that, I want to give you a few of my personal updates. The first one, of course, being this podcast. I guess I don't have a whole lot to talk about other than I am working hard on the Legends of Wasteland City short stories. We have some stories from Schofield's Drifters and Rabbit Asylum, as well as some of my own original writing about the Dukes of the Nuke that are all in the works right now. I have actually sent a couple scripts out to voiceover artists. I am six chapters into the Dukes of the Nuke story, which is gonna be a seven chapter story. And I am getting super excited about it. I think it's gonna be really cool. And the reason it's taking so long is because I want it to be great. I don't want it to be okay. I want them to be great. So we're gonna take our time and make sure that everything sounds amazing. So just get excited about it, but know that it's coming up. And I think late January is gonna be when the first one comes out. So I cannot wait to share it with you. It's gonna be great. Another update is with the Apocalypse Outpost. That's the store, which has all of my merch in it. There's a few new items I need to tell you about that I haven't on the show. If you've been following along on Facebook, you know that there is a Wasteland Weekend 2021 map poster available and this thing is really cool i've actually seen some people post it up on their wall it looks absolutely beautiful it's huge it's 27 by 39 inches uh an absolute ginormous thing but i made it that big just so that you can walk up to it and see all the detail there is so much detail in this map you can go in and see individual camps a bunch of wasteland rides although to be honest I took a lot of the shots while the Wasteland car show was happening and just didn't capture them all. So a few people were like, where's my car? I was like, ah, it's probably outside the confines of the map right now. So I apologize for that. I'm gonna work it out for the next version of this map, probably in 2022. But for now, if you guys want an amazing keepsake of Wasteland Weekend, the event, definitely check it out. It is really cool. It's selling for $20 plus shipping. Yeah, it's just, it's one of the coolest things I've ever made for Wasteland. So definitely, Come pick one up. Uh, another thing is, and I'm going to add this to the shop. Oh, I guess I'll add it tonight since this comes out for you guys today, which is my tomorrow. I actually sold out of the Apocabob pins, the little um, like gold-colored Apocabobs. They did wonderful. I think I, I had bought like a couple hundred of them. So it took a couple years to sell them out, but now I needed to do a new batch. And so here's what I did. I changed it. It's 25% bigger, so now it's, uh, what, an inch and a quarter rather than just an inch. And I got a new color, so this one's going to be more of like a silver tone than the bronze gold tone. Anyway, he should look really good next to your old Apocabob pen, or for anyone who doesn't have any yet, you can have this one. But I bought them in even more bulk this time, so the best part is it's going to stay the exact same price of $8 in the Apocalypse Outpost store. And then, of course, I do have that batch of Fuck It, Let's Eat the Bastard t-shirts, which is based on the commercial for um, Dead Raider Jerky. So those are kind of fun. And um, fun story about that one. I was actually wearing it on the Home From Wasteland back in October. I went into like a fast food restaurant and someone pointed it out and was like, huh, I get it. And um, I was almost positive she didn't get it. Not the way I meant it, but the t-shirt works in so many different ways. Uh, it's kind of 
not that far off from Eat the Rich. So you can wear it and um, people can kind of take their own meaning from it. Everyone has bastards that they would rather eat. Let's just put it that way. All right, guys, with that, I'm going to bring in my guest today that's going to help me with the rest of the episode. He is uh, also known as the Cosmetic Mechanic. He's a body paint artist and purveyor of cool, swaggy shit. Uh, And he's also a red carpet interviewer who works the streets of Hollywood. And I meant that in um, the risqueest way that it could be taken, as well as Wasteland City alike. Welcome to the show, Marky Makeup. Hey, bud. Can we talk? Yeah, let's talk. (laughs) Did you like my intro? Is that what this is about? (laughs) (laughs) It's an old Joan Rivers red carpet. Can we talk? (laughs) Oh, I gotcha. So yeah, thanks for popping on. Uh, I know that about a year ago, you had me on your show to do a year in review, so I felt this was only appropriate. I gave it some thought, and I do think I did that the first week of January, so I was like cheating towards the end, maybe. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, but here we are. I've come to your neighborhood this time. I'm on your turf. Fantastic. Well, it's really good to have you. And it's about time you've been on the show. We've known each other for a long time. Um, and I know, I know where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> well, well, speaking of bodies, so I, I actually showed up to your studio. What was this? 10, 15 years ago. I had first gotten to L.A., I think you posted up on Craigslist looking for like body models, and I was Craigslist. Like, how dare you? I think it was though. I think it how, was. I d- would not go so low. It mi- it might have been model mayhem is maybe what you're. It could have been, yeah, because yeah. because I had this um, this thought in my head that I would be a model back when I moved to L.A. Um, what a stunning man you are! What a what a I I think I went to like two auditions. And I handed him my headshot, and it was not a professional headshot. It was like, you know, kind of cheap. I, I didn't even look like my headshot anymore. And the guy kind of looked at it, and he was like, "I'm gonna put you in our commercial pile." And then I never heard from anybody ever. Um, so that was my experience there. But one of my favorite days was actually working with you because you were looking for models to like test some new stuff on. Is that right? I don't. You know, when we shot, I don't even think I knew which end of the brush to use. <laughs> Well, you did a great job. You covered me in all sorts of different stuff. Well, that doesn't mean I did it right. <laughs> I, had, I mean, there was like a skull on my arm, some angel wings, like all sorts of stuff. It was really fun. Really? Yeah, I had a good uh, time. I'm going to dig through. That's like a couple hard drives ago. I'm going to have to dig through and find oh, them. Oh, that that I'm would actually be really them. cool. If you do find it, yep. I'll, I'll post it as the thumbnail for the show, but that would be like tomorrow. <laughs> oh, those hard those hard drives are in uh, Vault uh, West Hollywood, not okay. uh <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, you know, just just kind of attack my uh, my channel with it at some time. Just like post them up there and we'll see what happens. Word. Anyway, um what's kind of cool is we lost touch after that for years and years and years and then you just kind of showed up at Wasteland, which was great. It was really wild because I was like, you're this podcast guy. And I was like, hi, I'm Marky. And I knew of you, knew you. Uh-huh. And then you were like, you're Marky Makeup. I know you. And I was like, whatever. And you know, I get that a lot from people. They're like, you painted me at a so-and-so. And I'm like, I guess. I don't know. You know, I've painted a million people at this point. But it was it was very funny when you had said, I've been to your house. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I was like, wipe off all the dirt and look normal. Who do you, who are you? <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, it had been what, like 10 years or something. Easily. Yeah, easily. I, I hadn't lived there in a long time. Yeah. 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 Pretty wild. Anyway, it was so good to get in touch. And now every year, um, you bring me a, a custom marquee makeup map. Um, and uh, we get to hang out a bunch. We actually got to hang out a whole lot this year because you joined the video crew, which was awesome. 
I did. There was uh, a year off for makeup in the body shop, so I uh-huh. slid my skills into another department, as they say, and you so graciously accepted me as part of your team, which I absolutely loved. I'm just curious about one thing. Who says Uh-oh. they slid their skills? I sl- <laughs> me just now. I slid. <laughs> I took my little my resume and slid it from one inbox to another. And yeah, you sure it, did. That inbox was yours. Well, you know, it, it takes a lot of um, it takes a lot to join the video crew. You have to have a camera and you have to know where the record button is. That's uh, that's about the bar, and you nailed it. Well, I had some hot shit red carpet interviews, so they're out there for Fancy Friday. Get ready, people when they surface oh wait so they're not out yet then they're in your happy little hands sir oh i'm supposed to edit those oh i have no idea i i don't know i'll edit them if you want let's have let's have a fight on the podcast i like that marky and mike fight over stuff yeah you should put those out yeah i'll put them out i I have lots of great stuff i I have an idea i have an idea for what uh what job i want next year by the way which also is on your team oh okay yeah you're in done but um but yeah i gotta do the highlight reel do you know how much footage we have this year um since every time i tried to do a thing there was another person there filming with me you Uh, probably have like twice you probably have eight days worth never mind it is so much five i my average amount of footage that i get each year is probably like 30 to 40 hours which i know sounds like a lot um, and it is, but this year I think it was double that. Like there were a few guys on the crew that were just shooting nonstop all day long. And I was like, take a break, enjoy yourself. Uh, and I don't, I don't think they listened. They just kept shooting. Some people like to, uh, experience, uh, wasteland as just a spectator that way. And so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's how I usually do it. I, for years, I, I, tabbed in the most footage because that's just what i do i would have like one camera shooting all day another camera shooting all night just because you know the systems blah 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 camera camera nerd nerd stuff um and so i'd have those two cameras plus the drone plus like you know i'd be setting up time lapses and stuff i'd always end up with tons of footage and um having such a good crew this year was awesome because i got to enjoy myself which was brilliant and enjoy yourself you did i've heard the stories <laughs> that'll be for another day <laughs> that that podcast will never be heard. I've heard things. What? Wait. What have you no, heard? No, I'm teasing. I'm just feel, being I feel, silly. I, I was gonna say, like, I didn't. I didn't get that buck wild. I'm just, <clears throat> I'm just being a rascal. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we're gonna talk about some of the things that happened in the year 2021, the year of our um, overlord, um, and there it was interesting because all right. Most productions shut down in 2020 due to COVID, but uh, channels like Netflix had a whole lot of stuff in their pocket. So they've been dropping new new projects nonstop. Like, I don't think they ever even slowed down just because they had so much stuff already ready to go. Um, so even though a lot of like theatrical releases didn't happen, there was a steady stream of fun projects for us to, you know, stay entertained with. And boy, did it come in handy because with us being stuck at home for uh, quarantine in 2020 and then for like this mixed kind of weird quarantine for 2021 um it was just really nice to have plenty of stuff to entertain us at home so we're gonna go over some of that and some of the stuff that came out in 2021 specifically but first marky i know you had a couple news points you wanted to talk about 
Oh boy, there are some involved people with the Mad Max world and kind of our post-apocalypse genre. Uh, some of those little headlines. Tom Hardy, of course, came back as Venom. Awesome. Uh, again, uh, Venom, what was it, Venom versus Carnage or Carnage Rising or some shenanigans. I don't even know. I've not seen these yet. Are they any good? Um, it's interesting because some people know Venom as one thing, but I think the Venom writers and the, the makers of this were kind of chasing the, the Deadpool vibe of like a saucy, sarcastic sidekick, which would be Venom, oh, funny. to Tom Hardy's more modest, straightforward kind of weirdo guy. So uh -huh. they kind of play off each other in this comic book buddy comedy with violence. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's <laughs> it's something to watch. It's Does it stand up on its own, or is it just like a ripoff that, that we can overlook? Oh, it's definitely not a ripoff of anything. It's definitely the Venom and Carnage stories. Okay. They're a little wacky sometimes, but, you know, comic book stuff. Punch yeah. kick. Yay. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and, um, yeah, so obviously Tom Hardy is not, at least he's not yet listed in the new Mad Max Furiosa, but we know a little bit about the cast, don't we? Anna Taylor-Joy, very, very busy. And I'm sure Tom Hardy's done a million things, too, that just he just keeps working. But Anna Taylor-Joy, who was in Queen's Gambit in 2020. I don't know if anybody recognized her with that lovely red hair. But this year, <laughs> she was in a fantastic movie called Last Night in Soho with a great swinging 60s soundtrack set in present-day London. She's a fashion designer during the day, but at night, she goes places in her dreams perhaps back in time tune in to find <laughs> out because boy it's it's a it's a good one if you like uh period costumes and a little bit of ghosty paranormally horror-y things going on that that one's for you if you want to see furiosa before she's furiosa anna taylor joy in Last Night in Soho came nice. out this year. Oh, I haven't seen also that. on her resume, of course, Queen's Gambit. And if you haven't seen The Witch by Robert Eggers, oh, The Witch yeah. is out there too. She yeah, that's a little, a little Puritan. From really probably good. where I am right now, just outside of Salem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The Witch was really good. It was very dry. Uh, it was a slow burn, but uh, I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was a creeper. If you don't yeah. like goats, don't see it. Scary goats. Yeah. Now, for um, for Mad Max, I think they're still subtitling this The Waste... No, not The Wasteland. The Wasteland is coming out after Furiosa, I think. But, yeah, you know, I just... don't know if they know, to be honest. There's right. so much juggling, but I, I think this one is... It's what? It's Furiosa, period. And then there's... Is it Mad Max The Wasteland? Yeah. Well, I think that's what they're calling it, is Mad Max The Wasteland. Um but, uh, Who knows? By the time they do it, they'll change it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I believe Chris Hemsworth is still involved, but I think Yahya Abdul-Mateen may have dropped and been replaced. I don't know. There's been some weird stuff going on with the with the cast. We'll see. I want to see Chris Hemsworth as, you know, Daddy of Martin Joe. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think um, maybe Tom Burke took took Mateen's spot, but I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think they may already be working on this film, um, possibly in Australia. Furiosa, I think, is happening now, yeah, as yeah. we speak. And um, of course, like most um, George Miller projects, we're getting zero set pictures. Like, they, they have it on lockdown. <laughs> 
There might be some oh. stuff out there. I'm not sure. But because well, uh, what paparazzi wants to go to the middle of nowhere and mm-hmm. hope you find the set in the desert, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point. Picture that. Right. Hmm. Anyway, um, do you have any other news? Or I think that might be about it, huh? That's it so far. That's uh, that's what I got in the the hot headlines. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Cool. So next up, I want to know what movies you've seen this year. Well, not to plug it, but I have one of them fancy uh, theater chain passes. <clears throat> so. Oh really? I, I yeah, I pay twenty bucks and I can see three movies a week through AMC. Plug, plug, plug. So if you're, <laughs> if you have no life and like movies, uh, that's that's the way to go. I Is think. that twenty bucks a week or twenty bucks a month? That's a month. A week. What? I'm poor. That's, that, I think it's twenty bucks a month. Yeah. That's incredible. No, yeah, yeah. So you just go huh. see whatever you want, what was and then it? you don't have guilt if it sucks. Remember Movie Pass and how like <sighs> how much money they Listen, lost? I think about Movie Pass too much that, than a person should think about Movie Pass. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like one of those things where you were like, I know this is not working. Like, how could it work? Um, oh, but, that's a whole nother podcast. I yeah, can explain is. how that works. Um, they had a million a million members. Come on, whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. Give don't me an know. ad to my phone or something. They could have made money with that. Yeah. Sometimes you just like, how is this company making money? Oh, wait, they're not. And that's <sighs> the knows? point. Yeah. I don't know. Better negotiations. Right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, one of the, um, the series that started this year, I say series because first they dropped Army of the Dead, which is this weird, like, not spin-off, not sequel, but just it's an of the dead, like Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead and Night of the Dead. It's it's kind of a continuance of that property, but it's kind of its own thing. Uh, of course, there's zombies, and um, uh, there's a full review of this that me and Swede did earlier in the year that you can check out on the podcast. Just look in our back episodes. But a few what weeks, a couple months ago, I forget which one. Um, Army of Thieves, Army of Thieves dropped, and it is a prequel, and it's not really a post-apocalypse film. But there is the beginnings of the apocalypse that lead to Army of the Dead that happen within Army of Thieves. Does that all make sense? I'm scared already. Yeah. <laughs> well, they like drop these hits like, you know, the uh, the news of the outbreak will be on in the TV in the background and no one's really paying attention to it. But it's all the stuff that leads into Army of the Dead. So um, if you heard the episode, you know that Sweden and I, um, while we enjoyed the candy colors of Army of the Dead... Uh, did not find it to be a very well-planned <laughs> movie. Had a lot of plot holes. Obviously, the cinematography was brilliant. Um, the characters were a lot of fun, but the story was just kind of, I don't know. It's just too many plot holes, too much weird. It may all come together. It does feel like there's a bigger plan involved here uh, because even already, Army of Thieves started to fill in some of the holes from Army of the Dead. So as the project continues, maybe we'll see it just get better and better. Well, you know, the fact that you wanted a plot in a zombie movie is your fault. What do you mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> there are zombies. Shoot them. The end. Just, well, that's... just eat your popcorn and sit there, would you? No, because here's the thing. I'm, <laughs> you, I am a filmmaker uh, and I am a storyteller. And all I'm saying is it's easy to make a crappy movie. That is not difficult. And it is not Oh, I don't even know how to explain this. Like, 
there, there's a lot of bad movies. We don't need more bad movies. What we need is good movies that take an original take on something we've seen a million times, but do it so different that you can't wait to watch it again and see what's next. You know what I mean? No one will invest in that. That is too risky. <laughs> oh, man. We need old stuff that already worked. <laughs> yep. I suppose so. Um, but uh, the next project you had kind of had an original take. What's uh, what's a, what's a movie that you saw? Oh boy, Chaos Walking. This combined of a multitude of uh, fandom genres and cinematic universes. This takes Tom Holland from uh, Spider-Man. I Spider-Man. think. Spider-Man. Yeah, it's just Spider-Man. Yeah. He is Spider-Man. I'm kidding. I'm being silly. He's one of the and better Spider-Mans. Daisy Ridley from The War of Stars, from Star Wars, uh, and uh, Mads Mikkelsen. This one was a, a weird space dystopia, and uh, Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley on a, on a planet out there. I think they crash land, end up in a barn, and it's a fun planet romp, if you like uh, kind of a young adult space dystopia movie. Aren't all space dystopia movies young adult space dystopia movies you know you know what's what's funny is we were watching it and we were like we watched this in 2020 and again there was well, we watched this in 2021 and there was the the little lockdown delay and so we looked and we said gee that tom holland doesn't age and we looked and we, this one was made in 2019 <laughs> but was delayed from re- being released yeah and so it was released now and we thought oh we thought oh but chaos walking fun little uh planet romp in space yeah fun um you know it's it's funny you mentioned that because yeah a lot of movies that were destined for theatrical release did not did not get released because they lose so much money without the whole theater part of the release because that's where you know people are paying 20 dollars to watch 12 movies a month wait that's only like a dollar something a movie marky Right? Do you want to come to the movies? All I'm saying is, yeah, I do actually. I haven't been to a theater in a long time. All I'm Boy. saying is, uh, <laughs> I totally understand why why some of these movies wanted to postpone because I've heard about so many um, production companies losing so much by uh, going straight to streaming, which also doesn't make sense to me because Netflix makes a ton on streaming. The whole market is is changing uh, for the better and for the worse at the same time. I don't know what to think about it, but um, yeah. We're going to get some more delays like that, I'm sure. Well, I'm not a finance guy, but uh, what's-her-name did sue over her part of the box office. And when there's no box office, you don't have any money to pay these people who maybe forewent their paycheck for, you know, points of the box office, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. It gets higgledy-piggledy, as they say. It's (laughs) film finance is an open book with gray scale of rules but yeah. yeah that that was like that was great metaphors right there oh thank you yeah um so uh, <laughs> getting out of the movie business and back to movies um one of the biggest films from the from the first half of the 21st century 21st yeah um dune launched this year and it got a lot of praise um it's a long movie it's huge in scope the story is obviously pretty well known from two projects that have filmed before. Uh, one good, one not so good. Uh, this one was great. What do you think of Dune? Gee, it ripped off a lot of Star Wars stuff, didn't it? <laughs> um, for those that don't know, Star Wars is based off of Dune, 
the other way around, of course. I think it's funny if people look and read, you know, figure out the book was published in what, 67, finally? Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of overlapping themes, and I think that that's one reason why uh, Star Wars fans can absolutely fall in love with this whole new world, um, you know, if you were born after 1977 or whenever The Last Dune came out. The, when did The Last Dune come out? Yeah, it was the last movie. 80, I think it was like 83, 84. Okay. Because then uh, people like to make this inappropriate joke that the that herbert died after the movie came out right because he <laughs> thought it was so awful but um i i don't uh i think yeah, i think it was 80s because when was right. sting sting was in it he was big then <laughs> yeah you're right it's uh, 1984 for the last one okay and yep. so well that one is a uh what's his name who was that the director Ooh, the weird guy question. is it lynch let me see. Oh, yeah, David Lynch, right? Uh, so it is weird and eccentric, and that 80s one did try to stuff the whole book, which, if you've held the book, you know it's biblical in size. <laughs> um, it did try to stuff the whole book into one movie, and, and anybody who's seen this new one from HBO, you sat down to a, a surprise opening credit card of Dune Part 1, which they did not tell anybody. Right. Uh, they did not market it that way. Very clever. Very and they clever. also did not uh, get the contract signed on part two until long after the release. I mean, it was like a month or two after the release before they actually said part two's coming. Well, I think because they had to decide not that I know anything about anything, but I think they had to decide <laughs> whether there was going to be parts two or parts two and three. Oh, I got Because you. I think there's plenty more story to be told. So yeah. I think if they made a profit, there'd be a sequel. But if they made big bucks, there'd be a trilogy. So I, th- I think, I don't know anything, but I think we're looking at a trilogy coming up. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. I, I hope so, because I think these like hero stories are best told in trilogies. Well, it's a hero or whatever he ends up being. <coughs> um, yes, this one was amazing. This was thea- theatrical. I saw it in IMAX. Uh, folks, if you need costume inspiration for anything, this one wore out the space wardrobe. Uh, it was like, you know, Daft Punk meets, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff. It was no shortage of male and female uh, fantastic costumes. Yeah, just across the board, the art of the film was was absolutely yeah. beautiful. The landscapes were great. The the like the spaceships and the sciency things were great. Um, obviously, it was super well cast, uh, just well told. Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a piece of work. It is a long one, and there is kind of a point towards the end where you're like you might be checking your watch, uh, but it's. I let me tell you the first. The first 75% of this movie is wonderful, (laughs) right? (laughs) I mean, amazing. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about a few things that we haven't seen yet. Um, I know that Matrix Resurrections, the fourth Matrix movie, um, and the first one in 18 years, I want to say, that actually comes out today in theaters. And maybe today on HBO Max. I'm not sure if it's today or tomorrow for HBO. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. It's getting mixed reviews um kind of on par with maybe the third matrix movie uh where you know they just kind of like slid from from like a 10 out of 10 down to about a four or five (laughs) out of 10 what i'm not listening to those reviews i mean they they are good they're a good story and anytime you get into like the super sci-fi stuff there's going to be like these layers that pop up um and you know sometimes they get a little wonky for people 
I'm going to say they get wonky for civilians, but I think anybody <laughs> listening to this podcast is up for the challenge of a weird story. I mean, come on. we Nobody here wants to see something normal. We want to see weird stuff. Give me yeah. weird stuff. Yeah. And, um, well, Matrix Resurrections, uh, like the name implies, uh, Neo dies in the end of Matrix 3, Part 3. Um which you know spoilers guys it's Spoiler been two, it's been two decades here come on <laughs> um so you can imagine with the name like resurrections and the fact that keanu reeve is starring in it he might still be he might be back alive uh which is pretty great and uh to see keanu reeve reprise this role is going to be pretty darn cool um especially after he's done so well with some of his other properties um recently like what am i looking for here the video game? I hope not. Uh, John Wick. The, oh, the John oh, oh. Wick series. Yeah, because uh, John Wick kind of like changed shooters, I guess, in a weird way. Um, and I'm not a huge John Wick fan. I mean, obviously, they're a lot of fun to watch. They kind of feel like uh, the Jason Statham style, like transporter movies, if that makes sense. This is getting a little too macho for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right fair enough fair enough no um, but go ahead macho people are listening okay yeah that's true <laughs> there's a few of them out there um but yeah I, now that um reeves has done like john wick and a couple other of these very action-packed movies uh, a couple of the reviews i saw said that uh resurrections is not like keeping up with the world changing around that story if that makes sense um tell me it makes you sense you know it doesn't make sense. I, yes, it makes sense. <laughs> I hope Matrix is a testosterone-fueled Fast and Furious adventure. <laughs> no, I really hope it's Alice in Wonderland down the cyber rabbit hole. I hope it's confusing AF, and I hope there's a lot of using the force, and I hope there's green stuff and bullet casings <laughs> raining down. You just want more of the it. same, right? Because that's what a sequel oh is supposed God. to be. Of course I do. I want stress. Yes. Force feed me more of the same. That's what I want. No kidding. And do you remember um, which Matrix was it where they used that highway in LA, except it just had like 20 foot walls on either side and they only made a mile of it or so. And they just kept reusing the same thing, the same bit of highway it, just over it, and over. It was probably the uh, the second one where they had the, the ghost twins. Cause yeah, that that's chase, the one. That chase lasts a long time. It did, and it was just one mile over and over and over again. That yeah, they used it's to pretty shoot funny. It. Yeah, pretty cool. Hey, um, you know, they, they did, let's face it, we can't, nothing can be said. They revolutionized f filmmaking, right? Oh, With bullet time. Yeah. I mean, that, a slow motion action shot, we can blame the Matrix for, so. Yeah, can you imagine what the Wachowskis think about uh, CGI now like if they made Matrix the original series the original trilogy now it would be so different and I think that there's something really magical about the fact that they had to do it for real like bullet time was what like 30 or 50 cameras in a circle all cameras set in to, a line yeah popping yeah. off like a stop motion yeah and now they would just CGI it which would look you know it would probably look smoother but it wouldn't look realer if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you know, I you know how I feel. I'm a practical geek, and I like, yeah, same. Uh, you know, I like, and cre uh, what is it? Creation is the mother of invention, right? Yeah. Necessity. Uh, I thought it was laziness. Wow, <laughs> zing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, like you know, people were too Wait. lazy to walk, so they so they 
so they trained horses and then they were too their butt hurt too bad and they were too lazy to ride the horse so they made carriages and then they didn't want to feed the horse or take care of it so they made cars it was all laziness the whole way through uh i think my connection's breaking up Anyways, go see Dune, go see Matrix. They're probably going to be wonderful. Yeah, and they'll probably inspire you creatively, if nothing else. Well said. Well said. You're right. I'm being too critical. Let's talk about something I haven't seen. You big bully <laughs> snob filmmaker. I've made nothing on par with any of these films. I've no... Get no... off your high horse. Yeah, exactly. You know, if they say you, if you can't do it, just critique it. That's, that's the rule. Oh, jeez. Yep. Um, another movie I haven't seen yet, A Quiet Place 2. Have you seen it? I saw the first one, right? And the first one is where someone drowns in corn. Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> but I that was the scariest part. These are kind of like silent monster movies. Yeah. I haven't seen the second one, but the first one was I. Yeah. Well, it was, it was interesting because they kind of revolted against the streaming platforms with A Quiet Place 2 and said you had to, um, what was it? Uh, rent, you know, rent the streaming of it for full price, basically. And so the fact that I don't think it's even still on a on a streaming platform that is subscription based. Uh, so I just haven't seen it yet. Not because I don't want to you know put money into the system. It's just there's so much other stuff out there you can always watch that's part of you know Netflix or HBO Max or whatever that's already that I'm already paying for. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of competition for the dollar out there. There sure is. But I did hear that it's um, really good. Uh, so. I'm hoping to see it soon. And then um, The Stand, uh, which is a Stephen King novel inspired. I think it's a movie, not a series, but um, that just launched this week. It does not have a good review, unfortunately, Um, but I'm going to catch up with that at some point, too. Uh, I am just now learning about that as we sit here on this podcast. I did not know. You know, good for good for Stephen King, uh, who I think is a Massachusetts native, isn't he? he I was think always he is. The, remember they talk about, you know, we're going to do some towny shit. They would talk <laughs> about the curse of Babe Ruth, and then they'd zoom in on Stephen King sitting there at the Red Sox game. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it'd say, what's this guy doing here? Dun, dun, dun. Stephen King, Red Sox fan, Maki, yep. Boston. Oh, I got to fix it. A it he is not from Massachusetts. He's actually from Bangor, Maine. He's from he's from Maine. Yeah, he yep. lived in Boston for a long time. They don't they always show him at the Red Sox games. Yeah, well, you know, he's a, he's a big uh, New England guy. Sitting there being scary. Yep. And I got to take it back. Uh, a Quiet Place is actually available on Paramount Plus along with the Stand. So if you want to watch either of those, uh, you know, just sign up for another uh, streaming platform for fifteen dollars a month or whatever. <laughs> oh, ask a friend and borrow a password. Come on. I know exactly. It. it only took them, it. you know, what. 15 20 years to get us to pay for all these platforms again that we gave up uh back around 2000 for streaming originally but i get it i understand and the coolest thing is here's here's my trick what's you your guys, trick you guys can use this if you want oh boy everybody is, get a pencil yeah get, <laughs> get ready makeshift's about to drop some knowledge um i what i'll do is i'll just turn like disney plus on for a month catch up on all the new stuff and then turn it back off. You're totally allowed to do that. And it's not like you're cheating the system. You're just allowed to. Uh, so I'll kind of rotate. I'll go, you know, I'll get Disney Plus for a month and then I'll get HBO the next month. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, January or February, I'll get Paramount Plus and catch up on these titles that I haven't seen yet. Finally, listening to this podcast has paid off. <laughs> yeah, I just saved everyone like 30 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
hate survivors. Show your loyalty to the Dukes of the Nuke with an all-original Dukes propaganda poster. We're your friendly neighborhood arms dealer, delivering air to surface with a smile, where the customer is always alright and every weapon is guaranteed to work at least once. Also, celebrate our new war chief, Hotshot, with a poster with her ugly mug on it, confirmed to make babies cry and flowers wilt. It'll let every outlander know where your allegiances lie. Shop now at theapocalypsepost.square.site. Uh, we, we just password share amongst my friends. I'm sure the FBI is listening on my Apple device now, but anyway. Well, Netflix back in the day said you were allowed to. I think they've changed their minds on that now, though. Oh, they haven't. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Let's and, just uh, say I have four friends and I have four streaming services. Oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I mean, that's more, the way to do more. it. Heck yeah. Um, and last... The last movie that I really want to see that I have not yet, uh, there's a Tom Hanks film called Bios that came out earlier this year, um, and I haven't seen it. It looks amazing, though. Uh, I think this, he's like... This oh. is on the the least high traffic of the streaming services. This is Apple Plus, isn't it? Or oh, Apple yeah. TV. Gotcha. I don't think anybody has that yet. <laughs> well, actually, we do. Our, our, well, our roommate does, which means we do. Um, really? Yeah. That you're the one. All right. Well, I'm going to have to find that one. So that one, uh, Tom Hanks, I think he's alone in the post-apocalypse wasteland, and he creates himself a companion robot of sorts. Um, so it sounds kind of right what? up my alley. Didn't he already do this with a volleyball? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, he did. You're right. Well, this one's a little bit more high-tech. But, but essentially... Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? We're gonna have to work together on a um, on a comparison essay where we take uh, two Tom Hanks films and say how they're the same. Well, there's probably a third if I think hard enough. <laughs> there know. probably is. There were like there was a lot of like robot movies that came out in the '80s, uh, and then they kind of like they changed, right? Like I don't know, I Robot with Will Smith came out in the '90s, I think ish. Um, but yeah, CGI kind of changed the robot genre from like really clever magical filmmaking to i don't know just cgi it um and everything just kind of changed a little bit so i don't know and before cgi there was volleyballs there were <laughs> yes all you had to do was paint a face on it with some blood and you got your best friend ew is that what he did gross oh yeah you didn't did you see the movie no i'll have to have a tom hanks double header some night yeah it's actually it's a great film it's long and it's kind of hard to watch and there's very little music on purpose uh, <laughs> wow this sounds thrilling <laughs> great sell <laughs> <laughs> yeah just imagine um oh what is it lord of the flies but with only piggy oh yep okay yep that's that's where i'm gonna leave that let's move on to tv <laughs> uh so station 11 just dropped on hbo max um it kind of popped up on the radar this year late and as of us recording today i have seen three episodes how many have you seen uh zero (laughs) well let me tell you uh definitely worth watching on one of your streaming platforms that your buddy probably plays for Um, Uh, hbo max is is a very frequent uh, high traffic of mine one because it had dune for a little while uh and i was like knee deep in it but i do click on hbo max a lot yeah cool i think um uh, and just because we're talking about all this stuff I, i do like to you know, talk about the streaming services a little bit. I think HBO Max has the best balance of original content with like the 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 more commercial stuff. 
where you can see all those movies that you would normally see in a theater. Um, like Netflix, I feel like is doing less like buying or, or getting the rights to play the big films and they're doing more of just their, their own originals. Whereas I feel like HBO is still doing the same thing that HBO has always done, which is bring you the, like the biggest movies along with the original stuff. Does that make sense? Um, I think so. I, I think, uh, HBO, when I say HBO and for people out there who, who don't, who, who just think HBO is a channel. HBO has their hands on the Warner Brothers catalog. So if you have a Batman, a Superman, uh, <laughs> a Harry Potter, right. uh, you know, it has, HBO has the Warner Brothers, you know, filmography yeah. of all these characters. So if you're looking for that type of stuff, animated or otherwise, that's, that's where you'd go for your HBO. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for Station Eleven, um, I really enjoy the show so far. It's jumping through time. It's got a bunch of different characters whose lives uh, intersect. Uh, and it all takes place after a flu pandemic wipes out most of the world's population. I think they said uh, it's like a 99% death rate, which is kind of the inverse of what COVID is for us in real life. Um, mm, super. Yeah, well, uh, much worse than what we've uh, had the privilege of going through. Um, but... It's interesting because a lot of the stuff that happens in the show kind of echoes what we've gone through here with like quarantining and, you know, uh, having to to supply up for a long period of time. Um, and at first, it's a little tough to follow because it's just kind of jumping all over the place. You're introduced to characters. There's a lot of mystery going on. But the, by the time you reach episode three, you've kind of settled into what the show is going to be and how it's going to move. Um, and... Honestly, by the time episode three came to a close, I was like, this show is going to be important. That that was just my feeling. Like, it's just going to be a really well-told story. It, it really concentrates on the characters and individual stories and how they interact with each other. So I'm kind of excited about it. And if you watch the trailer, like I have only watched the trailer, it seems like this group is traveling to find the Museum of Civilization, <laughs> right? Well, as of episode three, that's been hinted at. Like, there's one, uh, I don't know what, what I can say. There's, a, there's like a traveling um, play group called the Symphonies, the Traveling Symphony, something like that. Um, and they put on Shakespeare plays. And... They just they do a circuit every year. So they go around to all these different communities trying to bring back some of the old world entertainment. And uh, I think their motto is something like survival is insufficient, as in, you know, let's just make life a little bit better. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they get an invite from this museum of society uh, but they turn it down. So, so far, no, they're not looking for it, but um, I'm sure they will be soon. Um, you're saying a lot of things that I like a lot. So I bet you I watched the trailer <laughs> and uh, they, they do, they pan through this. You called it Museum of Society. Is that what it is? I and think... they pan through. They're like, here's a video game. And there's like a Game Boy there. Oh. Like It's like this ancient relic or something. And I was like, uh-oh, I think I'm going to like this show. And I think I'll like that show a lot. Yeah, it's really good. It's a, it's a bit of a slow burn, um, but it's really great storytelling. And it, it shows a bunch of stuff like just prior to um, 
the apocalypse and uh they jump around from like two years after to like 20 years after so so far i'm super hooked on it and i i can't wait they're releasing this weekly so it's very old school oh you gotta make you wait and think about it huh <laughs> yeah so in this case yeah. i had to keep hbo max for a couple months i guess oh boy oh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um yeah and i gotta say you know um the one caveat I'll put out there is you remember Lost, like season one, you were like really intrigued. It was telling a good story. They had a bunch of mystery stuff, um, but just creating a bunch of questions does not necessarily make a good story. So I'm hoping that, you know, they've thought this one out. I'm sure they have because it's based on a book, which is almost always a good sign for a TV show or a movie. Yeah, you know, they like to set up those mystery boxes, those foreshadowing <laughs> moments that pay off later yeah totally and i appreciate that when it's done with purpose <laughs> oh boy here he is getting tough again i know tough okay sorry your, your turn mike you, why, tell mike. you what why don't you tell us the title and be really critical about it oh boy sweet tooth with some brat with horns and he's annoying <laughs> no uh <laughs> sweet tooth was on netflix a little post-apocalypse a little fantasy elements yeah uh something terrible has happened and now there are human animal hybrids with superpowers of sorts yeah i thought it was so good i am i think i'm like 80 percent of the way through but i'm okay. I, I got to the part where he's like finds a, a little kid group in the woods and then they're like we hate adults and it's like yeah <laughs> i was like whoa he found his people so but yeah this one listen this one does not look like it was cheap no um it looks spare no expense especially in the makeup effects department uh-huh uh i've seen some behind the scenes stuff and sometimes that kid is not a kid he's a robot and it's like wow so uh yeah what did you think of sweet tooth i absolutely everything about it i thought it was absolutely brilliant um the the casting was great the cinematography great the story's really interesting um and i hope you know, the the risky thing with anything that goes on Netflix is you just never know when they're going to cancel it when it comes down to it. Um, uh, I don't know anything about anything, but a lot of people out there like to say, uh, Kevin Smith likes to say, give it the three season treatment. He, yeah. he says that frequently on his podcast. And anytime, <laughs> anytime they come up with a good idea, he goes, yeah, give that the three season treatment, Netflix. And it's kind of like, what? Is that a thing over there? I think it <laughs> like is. They, they green light three seasons and then oh, sometimes they green light one season. And Right. Yeah. And, oh, and they act fast over there. Yeah. And I know it's, it's in the best interest of the filmmakers to stretch things out. Um, and so they're not necessarily going to try to end a story by the end of a season, hoping that they get the next season, you know, because sometimes just leaving things open will guarantee a next season if the demand is there enough. Um, but I don't think Netflix works like that. They're like, is it getting the views, you know, per dollar? Is it if it's not just gone? Um, and that's kind of like old school TV used to do. Like you would have a favorite show and then it would just stop uh, and you don't necessarily get that wrap up episode. So. Um, but I, th I think this is one that they're going to follow up on. Uh, and that one, and Tribes of Europa, which was that this year or last year? I think um, that was last year. Yeah, that one was just getting started when it ended after six episodes. And I cannot wait to see where they go from there. Is this going to be a second season? I hope so. There better be. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they yeah. set up such a world, um, but like they just got it started. when they. And when... that one is uh, not in English? That one is mixed. It actually, it takes place across all of Europe. So there's a lot of different oh, languages wild. being used, which is pretty cool. I thought that was really fun. Um, 
and yeah, everyone's just speaking in their native languages, uh, and then they'll just subtitle the ones that you need, which is great. Yeah. So, um, uh, back around the time of oh, when? I, th- I guess just before Wasteland this year, um, I got a suggestion from Rebecca to watch C, uh, which stars Jason Momoa. It's on Apple Plus, and it is a way in the future post-apocalypse. Everyone's blind. But then a pair of twins is born who have sight. Uh, and so there's a lot going on because obviously they, they're almost like super powered because they can see. Um, but there's like a lot of this dark ages kind of look. Uh, it's very tribal. Like it almost feels like it could have been long in the past as well as post-apocalypse. Like I don't think it really matters. It's that far distant from today. Um, but yeah, it's really well produced. They do some really cool stuff with the idea of everyone being blind. And uh, I think it's worth a watch. I've watched, um, I guess, just a handful of episodes so far. i got to get back on it. Well, that sounds heavy. It, it kind of is, to yeah. be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, Momo is really good in it. And um, it's, it's another beautiful show. If you like kind of like that tribal, like medieval kind of feel in your post-apocalypse, it's, it, it's a good one. Does he have a beard or no beard? That. Oh, good question. I'm pretty sure he's got a beard. What movie was it where he showed up with no beard? It was Dune. <laughs> Dune, halfway it was through. Dune. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, that's what you look like. Halfway <laughs> through, I, I was looking and I was going, why are they talking to him? And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. <that's... laughs> I was like, that's Duncan Idaho. Come pay attention, Maki. He's clearly has shaved his beard. That's hilarious. I can't believe. I mean, I'm glad that he shaved it for such a big project, but it was really funny. Like, was it even necessary? I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he just got itchy uh, that week, you know? I, I could go into the, the deeper meaning behind that, but that's maybe oh, for is that our spoilers? Dune episode. No, it's not a spoiler. It's that he was, a, they, and he, they mentioned it, they said, you've gone tribal. He was so entrenched. There's a lot uh, in the Dune thing about shedding your your previous being and becoming a member of uh, the Fremen, being na- native uh, to gotcha. the world. So okay. he, they say, oh, you've gone native. So maybe he was shaving as if to perhaps acknowledge he is uh, a proper Iraqi and not um, <laughs> a member of the Fremen. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Um, all right, and another project that has showed up this year, Neil Blomkamp. Blomkamp. I can't, I can't do a... South African accent or a try, but um, he put out a new project. Can you tell us about it? Um, I can't, but I will pr- pretend I will. Uh, so, shorts. So, if you don't have the attention span or if you just want something quick, anthology series, right? Oak Studios on Netflix. Have you seen any of them? I've seen zero. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I had you talk about it, but you haven't seen any. I've watched um, a handful of them and um. I'm intrigued. It's kind of like that series, uh, what is it, Love, Death, and Robots that came out? Okay. Where it's a Love, bunch of... Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah. Is fantastic. Yeah. So if you like that, uh, I think you're going to like this Oats Studios because it's all these like, you know, short stories. They're kind of vignettes and some of them almost feel like um, like teasers for larger movies in a way. Well, that's, you never know. That might be what they is. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, that's kind of how he got his start, right? Was he did a teaser that kind of looked a little bit like District 9 and then sold the movie based on that? Oh, that's that's once upon a time. That's what they did with music videos, right? You said, here's my music video. Let me direct something big. And so maybe that's what this is. Yeah, totally. Um, Uh, In a more 
in a more uh, cyberpunky thing, if you haven't seen Love, Death, and Robots, very experimental. Yeah. Some you will love, some you will hate, but you will enjoy <laughs> all of them. Right. Uh, I I will just say yogurt for president. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> but, but um. But yeah, back to Oats Studios. Yes. The very first one, Raka. Uh. I think it's probably my favorite, and I, there's, there's no doubt why they started with it. It stars Sigourney Weaver, which is always a great Whoa. a great way to um, add some clout to your to your sci-fi project. Just throw Sigourney in there, uh, but it's actually really good, and it definitely left me wanting the full movie. Cool. I, I think this one was there. Somebody, I think somebody in Central said this went to YouTube first. Oh, what's that? Oat Studios. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. That would make sense. And now it's popular because now it's on Netflix. It's got the Netflix eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix has the power to like really make or break these small projects. Yeah. They jump started that Cobra Kai boy. <laughs> they sure did. You know what wow. was weird? So I remember it was in LA when Cobra Kai was being made, I think. I don't understand how so many years went by and the kids didn't seem to like mysteriously grow up. Did they do some kind of film magic there or... Is my timeline just way off? Uh, I have no idea. What film magic did they do? They certainly didn't make What's-His-Name look any younger. No, I mean the kids, though. Ralph they Macchio. They didn't really um, age in those years when they weren't making the show. Oh, I don't know. They're kids. I could just be making this up, but I, I thought the first two seasons were made for what? Like YouTube Red or something? Yeah, whatever that YouTube exclusive TV was. Or YouTube TV or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then it was a couple years before Netflix picked it up, and then they made the two new seasons. And I don't know, there just wasn't really a jump in age with the kids. Uh, I could be, I could be making yeah, that up. I don't Fifteen know. to twenty-one, you don't age that much. <laughs> well, I guess if you cast your kids right, they're already eighteen to look younger, right? So maybe they're just stuck there anyway. They're frozen. <laughs> they sleep in Tupperware. It's a good point. Yeah, they're just they're just small adults. Anyway, uh, next up, Daybreak. It's on Netflix. Um, this is kind of a, a, a neat, I'll call it like a cotton candy post-apocalypse. Um, you know, it's definitely made for a younger audience. They definitely have fun with it. There's a lot of comedy built in. They rip off a bunch of like Ferris Bueller's Day Off in it. And um, Ferris Bueller is in the movie, actually. Uh, I don't know when this one came out. When did you see this one? It came out this year. And yeah, Matthew Broderick has a guest star in it. And um, So and, uh, I have seen this entire thing. I have, I don't want to say a friend, but I have an acquaintance who is in it. Um, <laughs> oh, he's, fun. He is, he is in it. He's uh, in the first episode. And no spoilers here as to how long he's in the show. <clears throat> but... Uh -huh. um, this is a fantastic one, yes. If you like your post-apocalypse young adult, um, a little, I don't know, not 90210-y, but, you know, it high school-y. It is a little bit. Kind of high school drama, where's my girlfriend, oh my god, I'm in love, but, like, hello, there's more important things. <laughs> but this fine, there's shoulder pads, and they hide in a mall, and, you know, it's that kind of a vibe. Yeah, it's definitely riffi riffing on, like, every other post-apocalypse movie ever, including Mad Max, um... And maybe some zombie genre stuff, uh, but yeah. There's, and, what is there's a tribe of jocks that all have the shoulder pads, right? <laughs> exactly. And then yeah. there's there are different tribes uh, that are high school archetypes, kind of. It's funny. Uh -huh. It's it's cute and lighthearted, but uh, silly and gory. Yeah, it's perfect for Netflix because it's that show that you can put on in the background. You don't really need to pay attention to it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's got some nice candy coated apocalypse for you.
I tell you, if you liked, um, as I, I'll plug this anytime I can. If you liked Turbo Kid, you'll probably uh, enjoy this one as well. Oh, I don't know. I think Turbo Kid had it was much better. <laughs> well, but same same audience. Turbo Kid's gorier and crazier. Yeah, but. yeah, and and the fact that Turbo Kid's a movie, like I think movies are always going to just feel better than a TV show. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here comes filmmaker Mike. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because it's condensed down, right? Like you, you have to fit it all in. Whereas a TV show, they can it it can be a little bit more um, stretched out in a way. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, give Daybreak a shot. It's cute. There is a a character that speaks only in sign language, right? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Interesting. always fun. Yeah. Yeah, something different. I wonder if uh, so. When you have a character that's doing. Um, uh, sign language in a movie like this or in a show like this um do you think they ever like put in easter eggs for people that understand sign language 100 percent of the time absolutely really yep are you basing that on um reality or are you just um, i'm up? basing that on listen if there's a chance to put in a, <laughs> a, a easter egg to your tribe you will yeah that's a good you point. know I, yep. I, I yeah 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 and then you could just convince everybody uh, that you're signing it correctly while you're really saying like the director is a big douchebag or something could, like that. Well, I don't think it's that kind of Easter egg, but <laughs> oh, I think okay. it's, you know, I think like, it's a up, wink fam? and a nod. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. What's, what, what project you got next for us? Boy, you, uh, we could almost make a drinking game out of it. You mentioned, uh, Lord of the Flies already, uh, the Voyagers, uh, which came out briefly in theaters for a hiccup. Uh -huh. is a little Lord of the Flies in space. Oh, it fun. is Ty Sheridan and Lily Rose Depp, who is Johnny Depp's daughter. You may have seen her in uh, a horrible Kevin Smith movie called Yoga Hosers. <laughs> I haven't Maybe seen you that. did. Maybe, well, it's okay. You don't have to put it on your list. But, uh, oh, wow. Um, it's, unless you want a wacky romp. But Voyagers, Ty Sheridan from Ready Player One, Lily Rose Depp, they are kids in space. And... I do believe the one adult in charge of them uh, doesn't make it. So it becomes kids floating in space uh -huh. set to govern themselves. And hilarity ensues. No, uh, <laughs> it, goes, it goes upside down, inside out. And uh, they find out some things that they're about their mission that they didn't know. Oh, okay. Wow. So it is, uh, it is a little Lord of the Flies in space, but it is fun. Um, if you like some young adult space dystopia, you can check that one out. Fantastic. I haven't seen that and I haven't heard much about it. So I'm really happy you just did that one. It was, uh, it was in theaters for a hot minute yep. and the trailers made it look like this. Oh my gosh. Da -da 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 -da, awesome rock and roll. And then you kind of got a little something else and you're like, wow, this didn't feel like the trailer, but it's, <laughs> it was still good. That's hilarious. I hate when they do that. That, that's usually a sign of a weaker movie, but um, but yeah, I get why they do it. They want people to watch the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that one's available on multiple platforms. I couldn't find out exactly where, but it's listed like kind of all over the place. Yeah, I think they want you to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, my next one is Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. Uh, have you seen any of these? 
So I didn't see Cowboy Bebop. I thought, well, you know, if we talk about canceling things, I thought I would have a chance to maybe see some of the anime first and then do a deep dive and uh -huh. a comparison to the live action thing. But uh, this one has uh, R.I.P. this one, huh? <laughs> yeah, how unfortunate. Um, I know that it was getting kind of mixed reviews. I I had not seen the um, the anime, so I was actually absolutely loving the look and feel of um, of the way this one was portrayed. Uh, it just had it had some fun style. Again, it was kind of candy. I always say it's candy when it's like everything's bright colors because most uh, sci-fi and dystopia and post-apocalypse is really like desaturated. So yeah, when they make these ones toned. that are <laughs> what's that? Yeah, sepia or just gray like the road. Um, so when I see ones that are really flashy, I I I call them candy, and sometimes they it and actually is a little bit more candy like it's um you know a little bit easier to digest simpler easier stories bigger characters that kind of thing um anyway i enjoyed the heck out of it i thought it was a lot of fun i think i've seen three episodes out of the series so far um but yeah it's a little disappointing that um they're already ending it well email your uh customer service <laughs> at netflix.com Netflix no i'm rep. kidding okay, yes yes uh yeah it, it was a quick one yeah uh, too bad um next up i'm gonna put these together because i think they need to go together squid game and alice in borderland uh these are both on netflix squid game obviously everyone's heard about uh but it led to a lot of people discovering alice in borderland um, which had a very similar feel of like a game for your life um dystopia happening somewhere in asia <laughs> Did you get to check out either of these? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, you know, sometimes when things are super popular, I tend to shy away from them. I do the For same some thing. reason. I do the but, same thing. Um, yeah, no, I did, uh, I did not see either of these yet, but oh. uh, I have to. Yeah, they're both absolutely worth the watch. Um, and if you happen to be from either of the countries that they come from, you'll see some... Uh, kind of like societal critiques going on there because they're both based on, you know, the way people feel about money and work and pride and honor. Um, kind of, you know, we have similar stories here in America about like, you know, you get you got to work hard, pay off your debts, and blah blah blah. Um, and these kind of riff on what's going on uh, to our Eastern friends, which is kind of fun. Um, they're both really fun, uh, really well made, and. It's interesting because you'll see a completely different movie if you watch the subtitles versus the dubs, which is oh, kind of nuts. I did hear about that. Yeah, I did that's hear a, some confusion. Yeah, that's a, that's something that comes up quite a bit with Netflix um, overdubs because Netflix's rule is the dub has to match the mouth movement. You don't have to be a perfect like lip sync, but they... The while a character is talking, that's where they want the dubs to be talking. And so sometimes because of the way different languages phrase different f different sentences, you'll have a character that stops. And so they'll actually rewrite the line to fit. It's, it's really weird. And you can kind of look into it. I think there's some YouTube videos on it. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the best way to go is to do it with subtitles but you know when you're feeling a little bit lazy or you have it on the background and you got to do the dubs you're just going to watch a slightly different story yeah uh, maybe maki will have to dub it for his brain <laughs> there you go uh any other tv shows that you want to talk about i don't think so i think we're good yeah yeah i mean there was a lot 
they kept us busy this year. Which is, there was a lot of, yeah, some more uh, subtle post-apocalypse and dystopian things. Right. Yeah. Well, I remember it was a couple years ago that Netflix was like, they were doubling down on doing a post-apocalypse project at least every month. And I feel like they've done that uh, more. Did they? Yeah. I yeah. remember that. And I was excited. Yeah. Because back then we weren't getting enough of it. And now it feels like there's so much. And yeah. thanks to like, you know, thanks to our, um, our government upheavals and uh, global pandemic and, you know, the rise of AI superpower computers and um, just general people either being bored or upset at everything. We have way more of these dystopian and post-apocalypse stories coming out now because they always reflect the times that they're written in, you know? Oof, so um, I think it's just going to, we're just going to keep getting more and more, which is good for us. Hooray us. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, at some point everyone will get tired and, and uh, life will get back to some semblance or, or a new normal, I should say. And then we'll have another dearth of post-apocalypse stories for a little while. Did I use so dearth you, right? I, a dearth? Does dearth That's sound like, like a lot or does it sound like not enough? No, dearth is like not enough, I don't think. Okay. Then I'm going to go with that. Dearth. Boy, somebody's Googling it as they listen to this. <laughs> I'm going to do it right now just to make sure. D-I-R-T-H. Dearth. Did I even spell it right? No. D-E-A-R-T-H. Scarcity that makes deer specifically. What? Famine. An inadequate supply. A lack. A dearth of evidence. Yep. All right. So I used it right. I just didn't know how to spell it. All right. So, yeah, that's going to end our TV discussion. I want to go over some podcasts that I've been listening to. Do you listen to hey, podcasts? Do you? Can we? Can can? What do you want to break? You, you want to take a yep, break? He does. He would like to urinate. Okay. So, guys, we're going to come right back and talk about some podcasts, some post-apocalypse games. We're going to talk about Wasteland Weekend and other post-apocalypse festivals, uh, amongst some other things. So, uh, stick around. We'll be right back after this short break. Ay, ay, ay. Hey Survivors, Makeshift here to remind you that the Apocalypse Post is brought to you in no small way by our Patreon supporters. Join the ranks for early access and exclusive content with support levels now named for fancy Fallout-ridden factions like the $2 per creation Drifter or the $7 Wastelander. Knowing you've got my back has helped me dedicate more time to this channel, spreading love of the post-apocalypse and less time on stupid real-world stuff. Sign up right now at patreon.com slash the apocalypse post. And now a quick word from today's guest, Maki Makeup. Do you like pins, patches, and paint? Then visit the Cosmetic Mechanic Etsy store. Bottle cap pins with fallout themes and various pop culture beverage inspired designs like Slurm, Duff, and Nuka-Cola. Patches like the Strength Merit Badge patch and best-selling themed loot crates like Halloween, Wasteland, and coming soon, by popular demand, the Cyberpunk Loot Crate. Not to mention the viral sensation that is the teeth brush that people love or hate, and of course, the hottest new item, the Dune Nose Noodle to preserve your moisture. No visit to Arrakis or California City would be complete without a Dune Nose Noodle. Visit the Cosmetic Mechanic Etsy store, T-H-E-C-O-S-M-E-C-H on Etsy. 
Awesome. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, that sounded great. And not only that, but um, for all you guys out there, if you don't know Marky Makeup yet, aka the cosmetic mechanic in our world, uh, he's got some really cool stuff in that shop, including all the things you just heard, but especially the teeth brush. <laughs> where, where did you come up with that? So the teeth brush is born from Wasteland Wednesday, which is the the every Wednesday show I do that is Wasteland themed that came out of lockdown because Maki was going a bit crazy. So I started to do some live Instagram shows and I would do a 30 minute craft project kind of to show that uh, making this wasteland stuff, people sometimes people stress out and they go, "Oh my gosh, it takes forever." Yeah. But just to show that in 30 minutes, what you could do, and one of the projects was a brush without bristles and instead plastic teeth. <laughs> and uh, the teeth brush is born. I I posted it and I, and like it went like kind of kind of virally, a lot of shares, and then somebody was like. Somebody's like, give me the link to buy it. What's the what's the Etsy store? What's the, where do I buy it? And I was like, I don't know. There's only one. So, but now, by popular demand, I have decided to put it up in my Etsy, and uh, everybody can have their own teeth brush with a plastic or wooden handle. I love it. I love it. And I've I've uh, I've got a um, a cosmetic mechanic post apocalypse shirt. It was the uh, what was it? The heart, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the uh, that's the T Public store. A little less uh, traffic there, but people do like the T Public designs. That's right. Oh yeah, that's right. Because it came from T Public. I uh, I've also got a T Public. I don't send a lot of people there because it you know, it's a uh, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, and then some of if if you do visit my store, some of your merch is in there too. So they'll find your store through mine. What really? Yeah. How, how is that possible? Hold on. I, I have like some of your designs and Brett Rude, some of his designs. Oh, in the T Public Critical store. Critical Bigs. In the T Public store. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. I didn't know you could do that. I'm going to do that back. Yeah, I can like, uh, yeah, I can like, well, there's a thing maybe like add to store and you can add items to the store. Oh, I love that. I'm going to do that because, yeah, I love supporting my friends. <laughs> Even it's if it means time. just listing some stuff. That's so cool. All right, shall we get back to the show? We should. There's okay. a show going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a podcast. And here's here's something everyone um, maybe already knows but should know. I am a huge fan of podcasts. It's actually where this podcast came from because I was having such a good time listening to other podcasts. And I was like, I want to try that. Uh, anyway, I have found a few uh, really cool podcasts that kind of fit the theme. And... Um, Back in the spring, I interviewed Chris Russell, who puts out a podcast called After the Apocalypse. It's an original story that he's been writing, and it's excellent. He's now um, in season two. I think he's wrapping up season two, uh, and it is, it's really good. It keeps moving right along. He's introduced some new characters, and the voiceover is great and just keeps getting better. And plus, his chapters keep getting longer each time. I think the first one was maybe 10 or 12 minutes, and, and more his later chapters his newer chapters are coming in at like 20 minutes plus so anyway it's really good you should definitely check it out um another one that i had got turned on to um this is a, suge a suggestion from sierra if you're out there listening uh thank you for the suggestion it's excellent it's not quite post-apocalypse but it is still right in the vein it's called old gods of appalachia um and it is excellent it talks about like witches and zombies and all sorts of stuff and it's just Ooh. really well told 
with um, you know some some minimum um, voiceover kind of coming in to sparkle a few of the characters, uh, a little bit of music in the background, some a little bit of sound effects here and there. It's just it's really well told. It's great, and I mean I listened to oh just episode after episode while I was just plugged in and working on stuff. It's it's really good. The next one I want to talk about is called The Cleansed. Um, this one, I'm not 100% behind it, but what I love about it is it's so different. It's actually doing like a radio show, like a circular 1910 type of radio show where it's all voiceover. Everyone's uh, playing a character. There's very little narrator, but there is a lot of... Um, you know, background music and sound effects. And so it, it totally sounds like an old school radio play and it's really fun. Uh, and then of course, if you're into, especially today's content, definitely check out our friends at post-apocalyptic media. Um, they talk about all the new things that are, that's constantly happening in the post-apocalypse world. Um, including way better updates than I ever give on all the movies and TV shows and everything going on. Um, they're super up to date. So make sure to give them a listen. Uh, you can find all of those wherever you get your podcasts. I don't think any of them are exclusive. So just find them and listen and tell them I sent you. That's all. <laughs> hey, how about it? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So um, are you a gamer, Marky? Uh, you know, every so often I do pick up the PlayStation. Do you? Do you have any good post-apocalypse games that came out this year that you've been playing? I don't know that I had anything that came out exactly <laughs> this year. I feel like I, I dive so deep into the catalog stuff i have that that playstation whatever it is subscription thing uh -huh. you can just download at the catalog thing oh yeah so oh boy is, can i say i played fallout 4 a record amount of hours is that right <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> nice fallout let me tell you if you don't have anything anything fallout 4 and the mad max game are I think are both are excellent. They're oh, kind of at the, the opposite ends of the spectrum, whereas in Fallout, you have a million details, yeah. whereas Mad Max, it's like the close gun, the long gun, the punch, the end, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Uh, so it depends on how you like your game. Yeah. But uh, I think they're both fantastic. Yeah, I need to get back. I do, I do know that they announced um, a continuation of Fallout New Vegas. Really? Like, I think they're going to oh, make a boy. New Vegas 2. Um, which, I mean, New Vegas is everybody's favorite Fallout game. So let me see if this is true. I'm, I'm actually looking it up right now. Oh, Fallout New Vegas 2 he's is clicking. finally coming. This came out in October. Um, yeah, that's great. I don't think it, it's going to be an Obsidian game. I forget who makes the, uh, the better version of Fallouts, because it goes back and forth between two companies, right? Well, Bethsaida made four, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, and I thought they did great with four. So, um... But which there was a '76 that no one liked. Who made that one? I don't remember. That one was oh. it was just different. It was I don't di know. it was different. It wasn't made for the too, same group. Too different, maybe. Yeah, and there's a lot of copying going on in games. Like I, I feel like um, oh, what's the one that all the kids play? Where you just drop into one big place? Uh, TikTok. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not social media the game <laughs> you all drop into one i don't know animal crossing i don't most know most popular games uh i don't even know what the kids are playing anymore um fortnite fortnite and player unknown battlegrounds both of those games have have a f oh and apex legends all of these games they've all 
they're all kind of doing the same thing, which is like this tournament style, like drop everyone in. Uh, you got to run around, find your guns, find your team, find somewhere to hold. And then the, the world's collapsing. And that style of game has showed up in like every game. It's crazy. Halo has a version of it. Um, Call of Duty has a version of it. Battlefield has a version of it. And I'm kind of over it. I, I liked when games were their own games and they weren't trying to be other games. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I get it. You know, when, when something gets really popular, everyone wants a piece of it. So, uh, And the funny thing is, I think Apex Legends and Fortnite were free, right? pretty sure they were free and then these other companies are like well let's see if we can get people to pay for the same thing that they're already doing for free and oddly enough it didn't work who, who knew well zing da, yeah. da, 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 da. um but in post-apocalypse games this year uh wasteland 2 came out and um i got to play a little bit of, of that if it's kind of like a like a role-playing game it's uh, god view so you're looking down on the map um it's got a lot of really great voiceover uh, characters and I think that's part of it is like you know it's very story based and actually one of my uh, one of my good friends Jay Preston is one of the voices in there and I meant to have him on the show and now I need to get on that because I want to talk to him about his time doing Wasteland 2 the video game sweet and I reviewed earlier this year no last year it's, I guess it's been a while because it was a video um, I reviewed surviving the aftermath and it was on pre pre release like really early beta of the game and they just finally went to production um and it's excellent it's a um just a refresher it's a world builder like a uh, crisis management type of game you start with just one survivor and you try to get people to join your colony and you put them to work like hunting and fishing and building things um it's it's a lot of fun and it was really cool to do the pre-release because each time they updated it it was like playing a new game so if it was got a lot of good time on my ten dollars spent on that game uh, I am going to tell you, I loved surviving the aftermath. Awesome. I absolutely loved it. The thing that it had, uh, it, you would build the world, and then you could go to the overworld, which was where you visited kind of other tribes. Uh -huh. it, it had a very uh, chance encounter with other weirdos who would show up on your doorstep <laughs> to your village, yep. which... The character design is absolutely outrageous, and uh, you could kind of see if you if you were in that pre-group, you could see month to month where oh that character didn't work, so now that character's gone. Or oh, I didn't notice some of that. The, yeah, some of the things I thought, well, gee, that looks problematic. How is that going to make it? And the next time was like that person's gone, and I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, somebody definitely brought up how not so great that is. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, there were a few changes along the way. I was like, ooh, I don't like that. And then they weren't there the next time. So they were definitely listening to people along the way. And that is, that's how to do a pre-release. Because so many games now, they'll just release whatever the hell they want at full price and then try to fix it later. But that means, you know, for those first few months of gaming, you're playing an unfinished game. Whereas these guys, they spent well over a year crafting this game, listening to people, um, working out the bugs. And so now when you buy the full release, you've got a great game. Yeah, I was all on board and then they did that frozen winter thing and I was like, oh no. No, that's all right. I like that. I like the seasons. I know you did. It was, it was too much for me. All you gotta do is put a burner near your near oh, your God, tents Gina. or your buildings Stress and, just, me out. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah. you know make sure you have plenty of logs available oh um, god then which you gotta you cut use, everything down then you, you have to cut grow down your a trees. tree yeah, and, oh, yeah you on. need your arborists to like grow new trees but they can only grow where it's green not where it's brown 
<laughs> I'm stressed out. I, I actually started a new game uh, two days ago, and I'm about 120 days in, and I feel like I'm just getting started. And I put it on hard, 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 all the way, all the way down the line. Oh, I just three, three, what three. are you? I'm a monster because you are. You're terrible. Well, I either want it to be like difficult and rewarding, or I want it to be over really soon. Oh, then you die you instantly. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because the first pandemic could wipe out your whole colony, and then um, you just have to start again on on medium hard rather than <laughs> rather than the most difficult. But yeah, the resource management got a lot harder on this latest update. Oh no, I put everything on easy. Uh, okay, see you more. <laughs> everything, every game. <laughs> well, Real life is hard enough. I don't need to pick up a video game to get yeah. it. You know what I wish? Uh, multiplayer games. So uh, me and the Dukes, actually last night, we're playing Halo Infinity. And I wish I could put that on, on easy, but we're playing online. And so all the 10-year-olds were just kicking our butts. Well, some tough tribe you turned out to be. I know, I know. Well... It was my first time, and I just was not being helpful. <laughs> I'm so out of practice. I like don't I don't play much anymore. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a heavy question. Do the Dukes have a Discord? We actually just set one up. I don't, I don't know if it's like a public one or if it's just for us. I'll find out and I'll let you know. Okay, okay. okay. Let, let me know. There's a couple of cute Discords out there that I'm a part of. Oh, like what? Well, I'll let you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know various tribes and things wink wink yeah i'm still figuring out discord so um I'm, i'll have to get back to you on that one but here we are uh we've gone through all these notes and we've done uh movies and we've done tv and we've done some news and we've done podcasts and we've done games what else is there well guys let me tell you in the post-apocalypse world there's also the real world so we're going to talk about some real world shit right now uh Starting off with Wasteland Weekend. We finally got to go back after two years, Marky. What'd you think? Oh, my goodness. There was still wind and there was still dirt. It felt, <laughs> it felt just like home. Yeah, we may change, but Wasteland does not change. Actually, it did change a little bit, but the location doesn't change. It is very much the desert. There it was. A little extra wildlife this time, huh? Uh, was there? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had some visits from <laughs> some, uh, some kangaroo rats. Uh, yeah, I heard about some kangaroo rats. Those little uh, bouncy characters. That was I, that was all I had. I think night one, uh, the Dukes got visited by some desert foxes. Someone was <gasps> mentioning that our garbage Amazing. might have gotten gone through day one, and so we changed our garbage plan. <laughs> well, that just could have been another attendee. It could. You're right. It could have been. <laughs> That's a really good point. It just could have been a feral wastelander, really. <laughs> It does happen. Actually, one of the Dukes on uh, on our game last night was saying that they, um, I think this was Bullet. Bullet, if you're listening, thanks for telling this story. He said um, he f someone came to our camp with a bucket of chicken and left it behind. And then it, it just sat there and got cold. And he decided, well, I'm going to keep the legend alive. And he took that bucket of chicken and he put it in a porta potty. <laughs> and then um, he said... You know, it wasn't that long after that somebody went into that porta potty and came out and said, I found it! I found the Porto chicken! And he came out holding a drumstick and, uh, shoot, I can't remember if he said he was eating it or not, but I think he was. I'm just going to say it like he was, because that's what Wastelanders would do, is they would have a good bite of that delicious Porto chicken. Oh, boy. What is the recipe for Porto chicken, I uh, wonder? Yeah, let me tell you. You take um, chicken yes. in into a Porto. Got it. And that's it. That's Porto chicken. If anybody's listening to this and wondering what that means, Porto chicken is like a wasteland cryptid. It's like seeing a unicorn or a Bigfoot, but at wasteland. 
<laughs> and it all stems from a legend from uh, a few years ago where after the event, the, um, the, all the portos are just still sitting there. Everyone leaves and it's just the cleanup crew. And someone went into one of the portos uh, to, to use it regularly and found a, a pile of chicken bones with an empty container of chicken. So, you know, we, we all know that someone was in there. They brought their chicken, did their business and took long enough to have an entire dinner of chicken and left it behind. And, um, you know how like, all right, you can have a bite of an apple, but smell an orange and the apple will taste like orange. Well now just apply that to Porto chicken. Everybody has shut off the podcast now. We have lost. <laughs> we've lost all the viewers, all the listeners. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the legend is still alive. And, um, you know, I can't condone uh, leaving food in the portos for other people to discover and then chow down on. But uh, it is pretty damn funny. Uh, I arrived on Sunday this year. <laughs> Are you just uh, slyly changing the subject? As part of my my early arrival things and it was it was interesting i i thought um setting up was good and fun do you think the wind was as bad this year no not at all yeah no yeah nope the fact that i didn't have to run around and just like you know retie down tents all weekend like i did in 2019 uh that was a relief do you you had a lot of shenanigans and it's it's very interesting to listen to your stories and think huh so that's what he thought happened, especially in regards to that rascally crow, which little do you know, little do you know, some of the dominoes you see fall, I pushed. Oh. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that another time a little deeper. Well, give us but, the teaser. Um, the, the teaser is I may have let the cat loose on the crow. Okay. <laughs> There's the teaser. Oh, shoot. You're coming out uh-huh. as like a, a as a, a wasteland warlord, though a, a mover of strings, a, uh, a a purveyor of weaponry. It's it's funny because because the things you saw, those things didn't just happen. Someone had to make them happen, <laughs> and I am the man in the shadows making things happen. Fantastic! Uh, yeah, I was I was super happy with how uh, the crow missions went this year. Uh, so we're gonna do something like it again uh, for next year at the Duke's camp, of course. Um, that's awesome. I'm glad you get to uh, participate. It's, well, it's a lot of fun, I, isn't it? There, there's a little coming clean I have to do here as well. Who <laughs> was who was the gentleman running your merch? Hardass, right? Hardass was running the merch, yep. So listen, here's a here's a bit of a story, a smidge of a story. Okay. I sent I sent a, a first year. I says to him, he where you guys were at? I think you were at the show, right? The your open mic what'd the, you call it uh, the you, uso show yeah yeah so there's nobody there i was dropping off my cards i crossed paths with a first year a kid i knew we'll let him remain anonymous for now okay. and i says you think you can get that crow up there now i have no idea how to get the crow i thought you just <laughs> lifted it off the thing when nobody was listening when nobody was looking uh-huh. i says see if you can go get that crow so I guess he tries to grab it, and the wooden thing it's on, like, snaps back and hits the, the locker. Oh, wow. And it, like, echoes. It's like, bang! <laughs> and so, hard ass comes around the corner, right? And he goes, pick the locker, don't do it at all! Like, or leave the crow alone! Nice. And I, was, and I thought, oh, there's a lock you have to pick. That's how you get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, to this first year... 
who was very mad at me this first year, I, in public, apologize for setting you up. But it's all gone over. We all had a good laugh about it. And uh, this first year was like, am I in trouble? And I says, no, this is, this is why we're here. <laughs> yeah, it's all shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, it's all yeah. shenanigans. He's, oh, I'm gonna, he's like, who is over there? I'm going to go apologize to the Dukes. And I was like, first of all, nobody's ever apologized to anybody for anyone out here. So let's not get into that. I said, I said to him, I sat him down. I looked him right in the eye and I said, the Dukes are one of the oldest tribes. We have to give them the most shit. That's fair, actually. So there it was. And uh, so needless to say, but my pursuit of the crow didn't stop there. But that might be for another legend episode. Okay, I like that. But, yeah, I'll have uh, you on for a, for a Wasteland stories. I thought it was great. Um, some things weren't there, but I never felt like they were missing. Did you feel like you missed anything? No, I mean, there were there were a few very notable things like a couple of our side stages the um the saints uh they brought a much smaller camp so they didn't have their side stage the um um the 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 bomb the nuclear bombshells they didn't bring their side stage so that those kind of things were missing but the tribes that were there brought it even bigger than they did in 2019 a non-pandemic year um and so i really felt like you know there was still tons to do um the official entertainment schedule was basically back to its old school, like one thing at a time where they weren't trying to like create their own competing entertainment schedules. Um, but there was still so much to see. The main stage was full every night with bands and DJs. Um, it was a little bit condensed, but yeah, just like you said, it was none, there was nothing missing. It was still a ton of fun. And because the tribes brought it so hard, um, it, it, it felt bigger in a way because there were way more tribe shenanigans happening, way more missions to go on. Um, it, it, I don't know. Just overall, it was a lot of fun. I, uh, you know, I am with the flight crew and we operate the cockpit bar and we were sold out every night. I mean, there were people waiting to come in. Really? Uh, awesome. At the opening doors of our parties. So... There was definitely no shortage of stuff to do. It was all <laughs> super fun at our place. Awesome. Uh, on Saturday night, I uh, uh, did you get any Coyote Canyon dollars this year? Oh, I did. Yeah. A lot of people were confused and they said, what do I do with this? And this is the thing about Wasteland. Wasteland is what you make of it. And that includes its missions and its things you can sit and watch or you can take part so these coyote canyon dollars were worth whatever you could convince someone they're worth right <laughs> yep well marky went on a bribing spree <laughs> on saturday night at the carnival and uh boy did we bribe some carnies awesome so all all the games were on me that night i was buying rounds of uh you know throwing a thing and human claw machine and all kinds of stuff carnies like bribes yeah i think that that goes back to um always <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the caution tape carnival for being easily bribed by marky and his shenanigans on saturday night yeah they also brought it bigger than ever too and uh, i got to go play this year it was really fun they they 
put on a really good show, and they had a lot of different games to play. They sure did. I will say, though, they were a little shady. For some reason, they had a board out front that had all this old stuff on it, and somebody had my 2018 bounty hunt poster, <laughs> and I was getting bounty hunted from 2018. And so that's not fair. That's hilarious. Nice. I love how yes. you know people just do random things, and you know you can you can participate or not. It's kind of like improv when you're out there. You just kind of yes and. Uh, oh, and you can end very. up just kind of playing in all sorts of weird games. Very. And yeah. speaking of bounty hunting, did anybody bounty hunt you? Have you ever done it or are you too busy? I did it. Yeah, I've told this story on the show before. I bounty hunted one time where I actually got my picture taken. Um, they put it up on the wall. I'd got someone else's bounty. Um, this was, what, 2017, 18, 19, somewhere in there. And um, the Rust Devils are right across the street from the Dukes and the Nukes. So I got my poster up. I got I got my bounty in my pocket. I walked back to the Dukes and I was just chatting at our armory with somebody and within a couple minutes someone showed up and we're like hey you're makeshift and i was like yeah he's like here we go and we rochambeaued and i lost and that was that was it that was the end of my bounty game i never found my bounty unfortunately uh well this year and i apologize because the name escapes me of who this was this was a very clever person another first year they they kind of had this thing where she was putting a bottle cap in the sand, and then you had to hit the bottle cap with a golf club. Oh, wow. Which, the bottle cap doesn't go anywhere. It goes, like, six inches for some reason. Uh-huh. And she was like, she showed me this on Wednesday, and I said, you need to grift the pants off people with this and charge them or gamble this. I said, this is like a moneymaker waiting to happen. So we kind of hit it off that night. This person was the person who, uh, on the opening of the gates i think it was saturday morning i was filming as part of my volunteer shift the opening gate ceremony Uh and i was backing up and the gate opens behind me and i'm kind of backing up and you know you're getting that great shot of all the people filtering in and all their costumes and all these weirdos entering the city and their gear uh this one person is right in front of me in a flowing white outfit standing out stark against all the rust and crust and it's coming towards me this person flowing white outfit and then bam right in front of my camera is my bounty hunt poster and i was like no i was like you I was like you can't bounty hunt me while i'm volunteering immunity immunity <laughs> but it was a very clever way to bounty hunt uh me right right uh right on camera that's hilarious i love it yeah i I love it Um, yeah bounty hunt is a lot of fun if people do it uh go for it because it's silly and fun and shout out to critical bigs for making all that happen yeah yeah they've been running that for years and they've changed it a few times along the way uh but it's still the same great game and and it is a blast and it's a great way to just force yourself to go out there meet some people introduce yourself to some tribes you're literally going around saying hey have you seen this man uh or yeah yeah it's, it's a blast um, but Wasteland Weekend wasn't the only post-apocalypse festival that got things started again this year. Um, I think kind of across the board, every festival in the United States was able to hold something this year, which was great. So we're talking Aftermath, we're talking um, Junkyard, we're talking uh, Atomic Falls, um, Detonation at Uranium Springs, um, Apox East. They all had festivals this year, and they all went really well. So I uh, I kind of stayed put in my little bubble here in California, but I do know. <laughs> no, I saw I saw some good uh, some good photos. I'm very tempted to move abroad and see some of the other festivals. Yeah, same. I I still haven't been to anything other than Detonation, and that was a long time ago. But um, you know, when you, when you get a 
take time off of work to go do these things. It's a little tough. So, you know, I, I'm glad that there's there's festivals all around the United States, kind of close to where everyone is. Uh, so even if you can't make it to Wasteland, which is, of course, the biggest out of all of them and the granddaddy of them all, um, there's still something out there for you. Yeah. And it, uh, once upon a time, I had a very busy schedule, too. I do a lot of stuff when you do a, a con or another you know a comic con or another music festival or this or that schedule builds up pretty quick but yeah. uh yeah i do enjoy seeing the pictures and seeing people say oh they bring things they say oh i got this at detonation and here it is at wasteland it's cool to hear yeah and it's world building <laughs> exactly and they're all um because they're all based off a of wasteland weekend or at least inspired by it they all kind of follow the same rules of of um immersion so everyone has to wear a costume uh, a lot of the same um costume rules apply so you know it's very mad maxian there might be a little bit of fallout but there's not a whole lot of like sci-fi e stuff past that uh and so it does feel like they're just extensions of the same world which i think is really cool yeah it's exciting it's exciting to see how uh the network has grown Totally. And um, this isn't 2021. It's actually 2022. But I'm still going to mention anyway, Wasteland World is moving full speed ahead with Neotropolis, which is going to take place this spring. And um, this one's going to be a little bit more cyberpunk. It's still post-apocalypse. It just happens to be, you know, a little bit more future based. And of course, those rules that I just mentioned are all out the window. So the only rule now is, you know, it's sci-fi and you can't have a recognizable character. So no, no, um, Darth Vader. Um, uh, I can't even come up with different characters right now, but, um, the idea is it's supposed to be a little bit more like original characterizations. So you can inspire things on these big projects, but you should make your character your own, which is going to be really fun. Uh, and it's going to be like lasers and, and, black lights and neon and all sorts of like just really cyberpunky things yeah i think i will uh be bringing my unique skill set to this event potentially awesome uh it's still a rolling stone a work in progress in that department uh-huh. uh we'll soon tune in for more uh we'll, we'll find that out as planning happens and uh yeah it i think the idea behind this one instead of being an extra in mad max you want to be a person who would be uh, in the background of Blade Runner. You want to be someone who might be in uh, the Star Wars cantina, right? Yeah. You want to be uh, one of those kind of background space outpost of sorts, right? Is yeah, that, the unnamed the vibe characters. Get? Yeah, yep. yeah. You know, the person who's got an action figure, but you know, you know, you never know their name until you you see it on the shelf. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I know a lot of tribes that do Wasteland are going back to it and they may like the Wasteland Communication Corps is going to be the Wayland Communication Corps to kind of like sp- spin off of uh, Alien. Um, and they're going to do, you know, the full cyberpunk thing based on the tribe that they do at Wasteland. Meanwhile, um, like the Dukes of the Nuke, we're not going to do the Dukes of the Nuke. We're going to come up with a new tribe name. We don't really have a tribe yet. We'll figure it out. Um, but it probably won't be until after this event that we'll have like a real thing. We're going to kind of go and just be free spirits and see what happens and see what kind of takes place organically, I think, this year. Yeah, see what kind of allegiances you strike up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I could see the cockpit working really well in this uh, totally different dystopia. Uh, you, I will forward your uh, enthusiasm to the head of the cockpit. <laughs> the head of the cockpit. I, I see what you're doing there. We, uh, I know, 
uh, it's I we had I, we might have an unspoken thing that we don't talk about this stuff until January that we get to go back to our lives for a little <laughs> while. But uh, you know, maybe in January we'll we'll start getting that group serious. But I I will probably be out there with our more local Los Angeles chapter of the flight crew. Uh, we kind of have some loose plans made, but um, yeah. It'll be interesting. Awesome. Yeah, definitely looking forward to a new year. I mean, who knows? Listen, listen, I say this about everything. I'll say this till I'm blue in the face. Just because it's the way you did it last year doesn't mean you have to do it the same next year, right? Oh, absolutely. So create new traditions, create new stuff, uh, create a different way of doing something and find out maybe it works, maybe it's better, maybe it's not. But just because you did it that way last year doesn't mean that's the way you have to do it this year and i think neotropolis is going to be a great uh whole new sandbox for people to play in uh to create new things create new characters create a new tribe hey you got different friends you got new friends yeah uh maybe they're not wastelanders um i i think i think neotropolis is a clean slate to do wacky stuff 100 percent. and thanks for saying that because yeah i i think it 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 should be its own thing and it should be it's all about celebrating creativity, right? And this one, even more so than Wasteland, is just open to whatever you want to do. You can be an alien, you can be a cyborg, you can be a, a, a human, you, uh, you, you could be, I mean, you could probably be a witch if you wanted. I don't know. You could be a space witch. Are there space witches? Well, I hope the Benny Gesserit show up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So um, moving on, and this is probably the most real world that I'm going to get on this episode. COVID has continued to be a real thing. Uh, 2021 turned out to be 2020 part two. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it wasn't as much of a missed year as 2020. I think things did start to normalize a little bit across the country. Um here in Nashville, Tennessee, they normalized pretty darn quick. Like, you know, they had uh, Broadway was wide open uh, in the middle of the pandemic, which was a little bit crazy uh, to, to witness. Um, but then versus like L.A., where you guys had been in like full lockdown for almost two years. Is it back to normal there yet, Marky, or what's going on? Um, I will say we had a very strict, very long lockdown that did mess with my brain a little bit. Yeah, so, I can imagine. Marky is trying to reboot his brain here <laughs> over the holidays and get back to get back to work, get uh -huh. back to normal schedules, get back to normal paychecks. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, just reboot my brain. Um, Los Angeles is kind of its own thing. I can't speak to greater California because some counties the pandemic they were like what pandemic right but los angeles has been pretty hit pretty hard uh the restaurant industry live events etc uh it's a swinging pendulum based yeah. on how it goes uh 13 million people live there i mean that's bigger than a lot of states so yeah, it's, you've got to be careful for for like the lockdown stuff i think that was the biggest difference it wasn't like I don't even think it was as political as people made it out to be, but it was the cities had to do more because they had a bigger population and the spread was that much faster. And so it just literally came down to that, whereas smaller cities were able to kind of, you know, mitigate full lockdown with, with, you know, keeping as many things open as possible. And then the further you were from, from the cities, like, you know, it was kind of like anything goes. Yeah. I know some people for, for some people, it was a story on the news and for other people, we were living it 
pretty hard. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard if you're in one of those two extremes, whether you're in the middle of nowhere or if you're, you know, in downtown New York, um, it's really hard to imagine that there could be any other, uh, way to be living through this. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a full spectrum and here we go again, because Omicron as of like, oh, I think the president was on the radio yesterday talking about how, how fast it's moving and everything they're going to try to do to slow it down. Uh, but I think the, uh, the scientific consensus is there's, there's no slowing this one down. It just spreads too fast. Yeah, it's wild. Um, I I don't know anything about anything. I am <laughs> I am just a writer and a painter, my friend. But uh-huh. I tend to listen to scientists who are science yep. and do science things. And so, listen, they got vaccines. Pick your favorite, okay? Get it if you can, <laughs> I guess. I know some people have pre-existing conditions; they can't get a vaccine, right. and I understand that's a difficulty. But yeah. hey, if you don't do it for yourself, do it for your family instead, maybe, huh? Yeah, and um, I actually just got my booster because I got the Johnson and Johnson, the single, uh, so I was mm. eligible for a booster already. And um, I went to a to a CBS at a Target, and when I signed up for my time slot, they were like, "Yeah, and pick one other vaccine if you want." And I've been putting off getting my tetanus booster for, oh, I'm 15 years overdue, or at least I was last week. So I got my tetanus. Um, It was also free and it was uh, zero side effects and almost completely painless. And um, I'm really happy about that because I like to play with rust in the desert. Yeah, um, definitely be up to date on all your, your now more than ever, monitor your health, monitor your mental health. Uh, Listen. Uh, if anybody's going through it, Marky's going through it very bad myself, Marky, as I speak to myself <laughs> in the third person. Yeah, you've, you've slowly gone uh, insane. And I, I, uh, I think you may be having a little bit of, uh, what would it be, like body, not dysmorphia, because that would be seeing know. it different, but like I'm, you're living outside your body. I am. I'm, I'm my own character in my own world now. Um, <laughs> Aren't we all? But I, I will say this, you know, st- Stay in touch with your friends. Talk to your friends. Get out of the house once a day. Try to be creative. And uh, uh, I think this is a good place to say if you are, if you miss Wasteland because you miss the community, there's a lot of stuff out there you can watch. There's a lot of these podcasts. I do a show every Wednesday just to check in. Sometimes I do art. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just silly. <laughs> but there's uh, the Cult of Cat Meat did Cards Against Wastelanders. Yeah, it's weekly. a beautiful show. It's so it's, fun. We're fun and we're silly if you need an escape. Um, and if you want to watch three hours at Wasteland, the other guy on this podcast <laughs> does that. <clears throat> Oh, so yeah. if you just if you're crafting, it's uh, it's a great thing to watch. Uh, there's Wasteland Talk with Hatter and Captain. Another um, great show. We're gonna do a crossover at some point. So if you are, if you do have kind of if you're in your feels, if you do need a spoonful of Wasteland, um, the content exists. And yeah. uh, so turn it on and zone out and enjoy a little make believe. Thanks, Marky. And yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that uh, you're involved with that with the Cult of Catme one. That's so fun. Well, I tell you, shout out to the Cult of Catme, especially <laughs> Grotch, who we are, we have our fingers in a lot of shenanigans. But I tell you what, that Grotch threw me a surprise birthday party that I didn't see coming and organizing anything. 
That wasteland is like what? Herding cats. And if anybody can herd cats, <laughs> it's Grotch. <laughs> so shout out, to, shout out to Grotch for my birthday party. Shout out to Camp Cozy Box for making a cake at Wasteland. Hello. Yeah, and, unplanned, uh, right? Just with what they had available on site. Uh, yeah, and shout out to WCC always, my home away from home. Love WCC for uh, plugging my class, plugging me in the newspaper. Uh, and those, them are good, good peeps. Yeah, yeah, all the above. Um, all right, we're going to wrap this thing up. But um, to all you guys listening, I just want to let you know how proud I am of you and how thankful I am that you've been listening and supporting. And when I disappear for two months, uh, you guys let me know it and uh, ask me when the next episode is going to be. Believe it or not, that's why I'm doing today's episode, because so many people were like, hey, where have you been? Uh, it's been a busy season, but just knowing that you guys are missing the show uh, is all the inspiration I need. Um, but yeah, you guys have continued to live through the second year of a global pandemic and all the chaos it created. You've overcome shortages on toilet paper, hospital beds, and the latest cream cheese in New York. They ran out of cream cheese. Did you hear that? They did. I heard they'd give you $20 <laughs> to not buy a cream cheese. And uh, everyone had, did what they had to do, whether it was um, try, oh, what's the other cheese? Oh, darn it. What is it? Ut there's like a second type of cream cheese that's not cream cheese. It's called something else. Anyway, you know, whether you had to butter your bagels or uh, work from home or just hunker down in your house for months at a time, uh, you know, you guys, you guys worked your way through it. You've lost jobs. You've lost family. Some of us has lo have lost sanity. Uh, not calling you out, Marky, but uh, it sounds like... Oh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> fleeting day to day, but... <laughs> and we've all tried to just grab onto that last bit of hope that at some point this thing will end. Um, some of you had, have had to fight for your lives, for your freedom, and for any semblance of normalcy you can find in the world. But if you're listening to me right now, you've survived it all, and that's what matters. You're here, you're alive, and you're making it happen. You've done what you need to do to see another sunrise, to walk another mile, and to celebrate one more day of being alive. And for that, my friends, my survivors out there, I am proud of you all, and I'm so glad to call you my family. And, um, boy, I just let it out, didn't I? <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, well, anyway, I, I really do appreciate all the support. Uh, and, and you're part of that, Marky. You're, you're part of the community of, of people that keep me moving on this thing. And, um, and I'm, I'm always thrilled to see your show. I'm thrilled to see Hatter put on their show. I'm, thrill I'm um, thrilled to see Cult of Cat Meat put on their show. It just keeps going. And this community is an absolute beautiful thing. And um, for all you guys out there, just stay tuned because there's more stuff coming up in this channel. Um, you know, sporadic as always, but I've got some cool stuff and I cannot wait to show you Legends of Wasteland City, which will be coming up in January. And um, what else? Maybe that's it. Mike needed some time off because he was making maps. Plug, plug, plug. Now available at Squarespace. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> Squared? Wait. So I don't know what it's Square.com slash store slash the apocalypse post, I think. It, it's linked. Uh, it's linked below. And I talked about it in the post intro. Apocalypse post Google pops up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have my map. It is enormous and big and beautiful. 
and uh, I got to put it up someplace fancy so I can. It'll be my backdrop at some point for By my show. By the way, I absolutely loved your uh, Instagram live where you talked about the map. That was so fun to watch. Oh, I did. I did like an unboxing. Yeah. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, that was a uh, Wasteland Wednesday. Thank goodness you, people keep making stuff so I can keep having ideas for shows. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's all you need, right? But yeah, the maps came in. They are huge. They are, they're actually bigger than I thought, even though I, you know, I said how big they were going to be. Um, 27 by 39, which is pretty darn big. Um, but yeah, I made it that big because there's so much detail in there. I wanted you to be able to walk all the way up to it and see the tiniest little bits of information. If I made it smaller, you would have kind of lost some of that. So um, yeah. For those of you who have the map, thank you so much for supporting. And um, yeah, if you were at Wasteland Weekend, I've got a picture of you. <laughs> it just, so, How, happen it just maybe, so happens to be from a half mile up. You can you can leave this in, or maybe this is the behind the scenes. How many drone photos is that? Is that just one? No, no, it's multiple. So yeah. you, know, you can only fly a drone to 200 feet. And um, like I, I think it would probably be like a half mile up or maybe even more in order to get the whole event. Um, so I actually zigzagged the drone back and forth in a grid, and I took, I think it was 30 or 40 pictures, just looking straight down. So and basically, every city block is its own photo. And then I stitched out all that together. I'm going to say, well, now listen, you know the cash register is always ringing in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say if if there's a high res of the flight crew i don't know they may be interested in uh, making a poster or not, you never know wait what do you mean so you mean i'm just saying just an overhead I, of your camp well you know somebody might be interested in that maybe you that. should I'll send, uh, I'll send it over to you i'll send okay, you your block you know. oh good my block yeah. and be before anybody gets crazy you did need special permission to fly that drone right oh yeah yeah okay. there's um Drones at Wasteland are kind of wild because there is an Air Force base. We're actually in, the, in the, the flight yes. zone of the Air yep. Force base. And so we have um, not just normal like drone allowance, but you actually have to get special permission from the Air Force base to fly there. Yeah. And if you're there Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes they give us a little flyover, right? <laughs> yeah. They, they almost always give us a sonic boom at some point. And uh, yeah, there's, there's usually a low flight where they come over wasteland just to you know dip a wing and say hey that's cool that's funny i, ho I hope they get to attend sometime i hope they sneak <laughs> off in a mask and they run over and and party with us that would be like, really like that we don't know you know shoot i'm kind of surprised that we haven't had like a military uh helicopter land just outside and them just come on in you know you know why that doesn't happen why because someone will pick up and steal it <laughs> <laughs> the helicopter. Oh, that would be hilarious. Yeah, they they touch down and then suddenly, where's where's the uh, somebody picks it up? Where's the helicopter? And away it goes. <laughs> and, and it's a freaking Chinook, like. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's an Osprey. It's got four propellers. Yeah. <laughs> you know how many wastelanders would it take to lift a Chinook? Uh, oh, I think we've Jesus. got the numbers. This sounds like a joke. How many wastelanders? <laughs> Actually. Oh, I wish I had an answer for that. I'm going to come up with one. And I'm going to say it off off air. Guys, da, 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 da. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up, Marky. You got anything else? I could talk about Wasteland until I'm blue in the face, till my battery <laughs> dies. I have nothing but stories and shenanigans and pieces of puzzles of stories that people have told. But uh, so, some stories are to be witnessed and some are to be heard. Uh, so 
I hope I look forward to my future uh, participation in this show. Awesome. And well, if, love to have you if, back. If you need more Marky, I'm the Cosmetic Mechanic on Instagram, and there you can see all 60-plus episodes of Wasteland Wednesday. 60-plus. I think you've got me way outnumbered here. I do. Some of them I just talk recently, but some of the earlier episodes I teach things like airbrushing or costume distressing, or I do a makeup tutorial for war paint. So there's a lot of different silly stuff happening on uh, Wasteland Wednesday. I love it. All right, guys. Yeah, definitely check out some of Marky's work. Uh, buy some stuff from his store. Check out um, Marky Makeup and The Cosmetic Mechanic, who are one and the same. Just Yay. one slightly more dystopian than the other. And um, I guess that's about it. So... Uh, hope you guys had a wonderful 2021. It's good to get back to some new norm. And uh, I will probably see you in the new year. So y'all uh, have a good holiday, rest of your holiday season and a wonderful new year. And we'll see you soon. So until then, stay alive. Hey, Survivors, if you want to help support The Apocalypse Post and get some rad merch in exchange, head over to theapocalypsepost.square.site, where you can pick up some patches, postcards, or our newest edition, a set of guitar picks. Or get yourself a limited edition Apocabob pin. This little man is showing the world that all it takes to survive the end times is a gas mask and a dream of, well, just staying alive.